Join me right now on Kumite TV is UFC lightweight Vince Pichel. What's going on, Vince? Welcome to the show. What up, man? Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. No doubt, man. Um, I see you have the green screen up. You got the pretty dope chair you're sitting in. You got the <laughs> headphones in. Tell me what's going on right there. Yeah, this is, this is my little gaming setup. Uh, I'm kind of cleaning my place right now. It's a little messed up, but I could show you it a little bit. All right. Suck it off here. Yeah, I'm kind of a nerd, so when I'm when I'm not beating the shit out of people, I like to have fun. I play video games. I'm a, I'm a giant kid, so I got a lot of toys and shit that I play with to keep me occupied. So this is basically like my computer. This is my computer station right here. All my right. keyboard, all my stuff. I got my Xbox right there. You know, I got this monitor, that monitor, this monitor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, this is my green screen, of course, my chair. You know, this, this is my whole setup that I got going on here. Um, for, you know, just my nerdery when I'm not training and beating the shit out of people or my friends, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is my, this is my vice, how I get away from stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. I like it. I enjoy it. I have a good time. Yeah, definitely, man. You need, you need to have something outside of, you know, training and fighting. You can't let that, I guess, consume you too much. Um, yeah. how beneficial has it been to be gaming and, uh, having your mind kind of separate from all the grind, the daily grind of fighting? Honestly, it's a big part of it. Um, aside from like just sleeping when I'm resting and stuff, like me me having fun is is a big uh, it's a big relief off my shoulder as far as being too overworked and and drained physically and emotionally. You know what I mean? As far as training goes and that kind of aspect. So, you know, what I mean, as as hard as I work, I like to play just as hard. That way, I kind of have that equilibrium in, in my life, and so I don't just you know drive myself in an early grave, so to speak. You know what I mean? <laughs> I try not to. I try not to stress out too much on work. I try to have a good time as much as I can. So that's what I do. Yeah. Well, you know, you haven't been in the cage for a little over a year. I think you're gonna, you're gonna make your return in 13 months. But in that time, in that 13 months, you had an an accident. Could you talk about that ordeal and give us a little bit more details? Because I don't think much has come out about that, except for what you posted. Yeah. Um, well, I was writing. Um... I think at the time, uh, after my fight with Gregor, I, I had a little bit of back injury, so I was kind of nursing a back injury. Um, I had to get like a minor back surgery. I had to get some injections in my back and some joint manipulation type stuff. So I had that done. Um, the doctor told me, you know what I mean, after the surgery, go about your normal life. You know what I mean? Don't even pretend like you had back surgery. You had knees injections. Just do what you would normally do. So the next day, my buddy's like, hey, let's go for a motorcycle ride. I'm like, sweet, let's go. So we're cruising along. Um, we take off, we're riding through the canyons, you know what I mean? We're having a good time. My, both my buddies have a street bike, so I'm just cruising. These dudes are hauling ass to the canyon. So we're just hanging out, doing our thing. Um, we go to Neptune's net, we go to take off. When we, uh, take off from Neptune's net, we all kind of just separate, you know what I mean? So I'm on my own and these guys take off because we all live different directions. So I'm driving, um, I'm going through the canyons. I'm not even sure what, what road it was, but it was near like Mulholland and Canaan. And, uh, I was on a straightaway and there was like a T intersection and there was a car sitting at that T intersection waiting to pull out. And to be honest, I don't even know if it was that car or something else that hit me. But I just assume it was the car, even though I didn't, I didn't really honestly see what hit me. But something hit my back end of my bike, threw my back end of my bike up in the air and to, the, uh, to my right. Uh, my tire caught on the right, whipped me back to the left. As soon as my tire whipped left, my bike just slammed down and I went flying. Um... I kind of crashed, rolled. I rolled myself out of the street. Just kind of laid there for a minute. Um, oh, shit. Hold on a second. Can you hear that? No. Hold on a second. 
Some noise just came out my ear. Uh, my computer's doing weird shit. Uh, so, okay, uh, so I hit, you know, I, I, I go flying, I hit the ground. Um, I roll myself out of the street so I don't get ran over. Um, I don't honestly remember, I don't really remember, like, a car driving by or anything like that. Honestly, I was just, I don't know, it just all happened so fast. I remember I was getting up or I was laying there and, and a bicycle rider came by. And was like, holy shit, man, are you okay? What happened? And I was like, fuck, I don't even know, man. I think I just got hit or something. Like, I have no idea. Um, so I get up. He's like, you want me to call an ambulance? I'm like, nah, let me lay here for a minute. So I lay there for, you know, two to three minutes. I get up. I start walking around. And, you know, and I'm okay. I'm pretty banged up, but I'm okay. Um, obviously, my whole arm and my back was pretty road rashed up. Um, I got up. I'm looking around. It's just me and this biker dude. So I'm kind of just like, what the fuck just happened? You know what I mean? I had no clue what happened. Um, I get up, I, the biker helps me lift my bike up. I had a Harley, uh, a Dyna street bob. So he helps me lift the bike up. Um, my handlebars are tweaked. My bike doesn't look too damaged. You know, it's just minor things like my lights and a couple of things were banged up. My levers were broken. My shifting, uh, uh, foot pegs and stuff were bent, just little stuff like that. Um, and then some dents and dings, but, uh, I had the bicycle rider, uh, help me bend my handlebars straight. And, uh, I was like, fuck, I gotta get out of here. So. I mean, I kind of just jumped on my bike. It started up again, so I jumped my bike. I started it, and I rode back to Neptune's Net, kind of the opposite way of where I was headed back to home. Um, I went to Neptune's Net. I washed out the rocks out of my elbow and a little bit out of the back. I actually had one of the guys at Neptune's Net help me wash out my back because I couldn't reach it. So I was in their bathroom just without my shirt on, just having to scrub my back and shit, getting all the rocks and stuff out of my back. Um, I put some gauze or some minor Band-Aids on it. Um, and then I rode my bike from Neptune's Net back to Simi Valley Hospital, which is, I don't know, I want to say like maybe maybe five to ten miles. Um, I just took side streets. My bike was really janky, but I was just riding super slow. I mean, I didn't have AAA or anything, and, and I didn't know anyone at the time. I couldn't think of anyone to, like, come get me, so I just rode to the hospital. And I sat in the hospital for the rest of the Sunday morning. I think that happened around, like, 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. And then uh, nine or ten o'clock, and then I was in the hospital. I think around eleven, eleven thirty, and I was there until until it got dark, maybe like eight or nine at night. I had to get a bunch of X-rays, MRIs, and stuff like that. Um, to be honest, I don't really know what happened. I, I all I know is I got nailed. My bike whipped one way, the other way, and then I, I went flying. Um, the bike got totaled. I filed a police report, and honestly, no one was there. So there's, I mean, there's really nothing I could do about it. You know what I mean? I just kind of had to deal with the situation as it was. So that was, that was my motorcycle accident, which is pretty shitty. Um, needless to say, my back got a little more fucked up for the accident, so I had to get another back surgery after that. I had to get more injections and, and more uh, drum relation types work done to my back. So I did that for another couple months, and then uh, just kind of recuperated um, slowly, got myself back in the gym, and uh, started looking for a fight, man. Here I am. How was the recovery? Did it go smoothly or did it take longer than expected after getting the surgery and the injections? Um, I mean, I imagine it took a little longer than it was supposed to because of the motorcycle accident. But uh, it, it seemed really slow to me. I, I mean, I wanted to get right back at it and fight. I was super upset about my loss to Gregor. Um, I felt like I shouldn't have lost that fight. You know what I mean? The the game plan was kind of going the way it was supposed to, but a little off. You know what I mean? I was kind of, I was a little off on my plan. Um, but, you know what I mean? I, just, I made a mistake and he caught me. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. But 
I definitely wanted to kind of come back as quick as I could and, and kind of re revamp myself from that loss. You know what I mean? Cause I don't know, losing sucks and I don't want to lose that fight. And I felt like I'd, I should have won that fight. Honestly, I wanted to shut that dude down. Having this time off, did it kind of erase that memory or is it still kind of eating at you a little bit, you know, heading into this fight? <laughs> no, losses never go away for me. Um, it, they still they still very much bother me and, and motivate me very much and light that fire underneath me. So ever since that loss, I wanted to get right back. Like I wanted to fight the next week to to kind of reclaim my uh, my respect there a little bit. You know what I mean from from that loss. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as that goes, it, it's it still bothers me and it, it still drives me. You know what I mean? It's it's failure and and I hate failure just like the next man. So anytime I fail, I wanna I wanna take a step back. You know, see what I did wrong, correct myself, and then right back at it. You know what I mean? That's the kind of person I am. So just a little speed bump to me, basically. Just a speed bump. All right. Well, June 29th, UFC Minneapolis. You make your return against Roosevelt Roberts. What do you make of this matchup? Um, Roosevelt's a tough kid. Um, I, know he's, I know he's just coming up. He's got a lot of steam behind him. He's just on the contender series. I think he just fought He just fought the end of April, I believe. Um. He's a tough kid. Uh, he's a pretty decent striker. He's got he's got some good uh, jiu-jitsu skills. And uh, I think it's going to be a good fun fight for me, honestly. I think it's going to be a good fun fight. I'm excited for it. How long did it take for you to get back into camp? And when did you decide to ramp it up for this uh, upcoming fight? I've been kind of like just training slowly because I was very weary about her re-injuring myself from my back or anything. Um, when I hurt my back, I was kind of afraid that I was going to have one of those injuries that would honestly end my career um not that it was something that was super major at the time or or you know i mean anything like that but in the back of my head as a fighter you know i mean we always have that thought like any one injury could end our career and you know i always had that in my head but i, I just kind of just started training slowly uh working my way back up I'm not trying to kill myself too much because I'm, I'm 36 years old man so I'm, I'm getting up there in age especially for the sport but I feel pretty good body wise, you know what I mean? I don't have any I don't have any damage on me now, you know what I mean? My body feels great now, you know, I'm in I'm in I'm in very good shape. Um I only started ramping up my conditioning and, and my fight camp basically when the fight got announced, because uh, that's when I, I just took the fight on short notice, honestly. I've never taken a fight on about a month or a month and a half notice like I have. So uh right right when the fight got got announced and I signed that contract, I started ramping up my training and that's what I'm doing right now is is just getting prepared for this fight. Have you been working primarily at uh, Muscle Farm? Um, not primarily, but I work a lot at Muscle Farm. Um, I work a lot there with Jason Manley. Um, he's an old Gracie guy. He used to train with like the Diaz brothers and Jake Shields and all those guys. So I've been learning a lot from that guy. He's been helping me a lot at Muscle Farm. You know, all the guys at Muscle Farm are great. I love the guys at Muscle Farm. I train there. I also train at PG. PG is my main gym, Peterson Grapplers out in Valencia. That's where my coach Brian Peterson's at. Um, I also train at House of Champions in... Um, I want to say it's in Van Nuys area in the valley out here. Um, I train at City of Dong in um, Azusa, or not Azusa. They're in Monrovia now. I train out there for kickboxing with some Muay Thai guys. I train at Street Sports in Simi Valley where I do Muay Thai and some jits over there with those guys. And then, um, you know, I have friends in other gyms. And, and like, I have a buddy, Herman, who's, like, a, a training partner slash one of my coaches that I bring out for my fights. He's got a... We kind of turned his garage into a little gym, so I go there and train with him too. Sometimes we call it the Bat Cave because uh, that's kind of his nickname. I call, I started I nicknamed him the Bat because he's blind as shit, but he's like a fucking badass kickboxer. Like I don't know how this guy's so good at not getting hit in kickboxing because he can't he can't see shit without his glasses on. 
But uh, so we call it the Bat Cave. So we kind of converted his garage into a cave, which is pretty dope. You know what I mean? It's a nice little comfort area for us to train away from people and distractions, things like that. So uh, I'm all over the place, honestly. Like I drive at least 30, 40 minutes every day to a gym twice a day. Um, I also train. Uh, I started lifting again, too. Um, at Rise Fitness, I have a friend, uh, Ryan Sells, who I used to do jits with back in the day over at uh, Big John McCarthy's. Um, he opened up his own gym called Rise Fitness. He actually opened it up a few years back, um, and I worked with him in my camps. But now I'm working with him more consistently, kind of like a every, every like not just during my camps, but outside of camps too. So I'm kind of adding a lot of stuff uh, in my game and, and evolving more as a fighter um, and, you know, kind of being more aware of the things I need to do to, to – uh, take care of myself and, and take that, get that extra step ahead in fighting. Yeah. It seems like you have a great collection of guys around you to elevate you as a fighter. You know, you say you drive 30 to 40 minutes everywhere you go train. Is there something you do in that time in the car? Is it a time for you to kind of, re, you know, decompress a little bit or do you listen to anything <laughs> or what's going on at that, in that moment? Honestly, <laughs> I don't really want to say this, but most of the time in my car, I'm fucking, more pissed off than any other time in my life because I get such bad road rage because I live in California and people are fucking idiots out here. They're constantly cutting you off and driving like idiots. People are texting while they're driving and I get, I just get super irritated while I drive. So like my road rage is fucking through the roof sometimes. So I just kind of try to blast my music and just ignore it the best I can and, and get myself to the gym before I kill someone on the way there. <laughs> well, I guess it gives you some uh, energy when you're entering yeah right? yeah yeah it does actually it gives me it gives me a little bit of anger and a little bit of fighting uh, a little more of a fighting mentality when i get to the gym at first but yeah it definitely helps <laughs> now you did take off three years before and came back and you knocked off two in a row you know you look phenomenal in those fights uh ring rust doesn't Thank seem you. like it's in your vocabulary man and uh you took you've taken a year off now um how do you prepare yourself to you know enter the cage with so much time away from the cage you know is, is there something you do mentally honestly if there is i wouldn't be able to describe it just describe it to you um the thing the thing that i <laughs> this is really funny the thing that i so i used to talk to this guy um his name was boski but i met him on the ultimate fighter and me and him talked a lot about me and um I'm a very self-aware person, so I'm 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 one of those people that's lucky enough that I'm able to step outside of my emotions and, and think logically about a lot of things. You know what I mean, myself included. So when I was talking to Boski, we we kind of came to this conclusion that I'm like that I'm that I'm conscientiously crazy, but but un, unconsciously competent. Like like I know that I'm a little fucking nuts sometimes, and and I do some weird, wild shit. You know what I mean? But for some reason, when when I need to when I need to get my shit done, I get my shit done. And, and I'm not sure what it is that, that motivates me that, or that, that put that, that instilled that in me. But I just have this thing in me where, where when I need to do something, I, I get it done. You know what I mean? Like I, I love to play and I play hard, but when it's come work time, it's work time. And, and I'm very serious about my work. And most guys are, most guys are trained to be fighters. And I honestly feel like I, I was just a born fighter, man. Like I've been fighting since I was shit, since I can remember, you know what I mean? My first fight, I was, I was a little kid where, you know what I mean? Some kid was trying to bully my brother, and I kind of, I kind of came up on my bicycle when I, I barely just learned how to ride a bicycle, 
And I remember like pedaling up my bicycle and I didn't know how to really stop that fast. So I kind of just crashed right into this kid, like honestly trying to kill this kid because he was fucking with my brother. And at the time we lived in the valley. So it was kind of like, you know, I mean, you're going to fuck with me. I'm going to, I'm going to fuck you up. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no rules in, in a street fight. So I remember my first fight was some kid picking my brother and me just slamming into this kid with my bike, you know, falling on the ground with the kid. We both fell and I just jumped off the kid and just started punching him. You know what I mean? And it's like the kid was bleeding or anything because I wasn't strong enough to really hurt the kid, but he was crying like a little baby. So, you know what I mean? I, I got, I got my excitement out of it. You know what I mean? And ever since then I was kind of like, shit, like I like this, you know what I mean? And a lot of stuff motivated me towards it. Like a lot of movies, um, like growing up, I loved watching like Bloodsport, Jean Claude Van Damme movies. I love watching like American Ninja, you know, all those movies, you know, Rocky, of course, Kickboxer, like any kind of fighting movie, Ninja Turtles, you know, I was into Power Rangers, like any kind of fighting, like I just love, you know what I mean? I was into martial art movies. So I always just had this, this, uh, I can't really describe it. I was just had this feeling like I was, I was supposed to be a fighter. You know what I mean? Like this is the one thing that I've always been drawn to so much, like more than anything. Like I'm so just, uh, how can I say it's like all over the place with stuff. Like I love so many different things. Like I'm the kind of person that loves to experience everything. You know what I mean? Not, like I don't really say no to experiences. I'll do anything and everything just about, but for some reason, fighting is the one thing that I can never get tired of for some reason. So for, I was always just drawn to it. And, you know, in my eyes, I was, I'm a born fighter. You know what I mean? I, I'm a trained fighter now. I was trained to fight, but I was, I was one of the guys that was born a fighter. I wasn't just trained to be one. Well, society is lucky that you have the UFC, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I honestly used to get a lot. I used to get a lot of trouble. I got arrested a lot for it. Um, and I'm honestly surprised that, like, I haven't been killed or in prison because of the shit that I've been through in my life. You know what I mean? Um, I was kind of a little street kid, a little street, a street walking kid. You know what I mean? I, I left home. My mom picked me out when I was, like, 16 or 17, and I was just in the streets doing my own thing. So... Like, I did drugs, I did all those kinds of bad shit, and, you know, I did bad things, but I always, uh, I always had a, I always had a, I always had good intentions, um, with, with everything that I wanted to do, you know what I mean? I never, I was never malicious to people that, that didn't deserve it or, or, or anything like that. I was always just, it was to protect myself or others who can protect themselves, and, and, you know, sometimes for respect, sometimes for anger, sometimes... You know what I mean? To protect people. So, you know, fighting has always been something that's just been with me. And I can't deny it, so I just stuck with it, shit. As of late, you know, if you if you watch the UFC, they've been matching up a lot of veterans with rising prospects. And I believe this is kind of, you know, a situation right here. You're a veteran. He's a rising prospect. Have you noticed this trend in the UFC? Yes, I have, actually. And... Um... I don't want to say I don't want to say it's nothing new because I don't really feel like it is, but I will say this: like when when I was first training in uh, in 2007, when I first started training uh, any kind of martial art or MMA at all, um, in my head I was like, I want to fight these guys. You know what I mean? I want to fight all these all these veteran guys that are good. So, like as a fighter, you want to fight the better guys. You know what I mean? Like of course you want to like some guys want to take good fights or good fights for them, so to speak excuse me, uh, easier fights, uh, I could say also, but like, it's just part of the game. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just a natural order. It's a circle of life. You know what I mean? Fighting, fighting has its own circle of life and, and that's the circle of life of fighting. It's always the young lions trying to take out the old lions. You know what I mean? And the old lions basically saying like, come get some motherfucker. Like, we'll see what's going to happen. So that's the way it is. And that's the way this fight's going to be. And, uh, UFC has been kind of wanting me to 
fight a lot of undefeated guys and give them their first losses. And I'm more than I'm more than happy to give guys their first loss. You know, Roosevelt Roberts ain't gonna be the first, second, third, or even fifth guy that gets first loss to. So, and I'm sure he's not gonna be the last. Uh, I talked to uh, Glover, Texera, and oh, he's Teixeira. kind of in the same position, you know. And I asked him the same question. And he's just like, "Yeah, man, I don't care." Bring them on, bring on the young guys, and uh, let let me yeah. knock them off one by one. He's been doing it, you know. So you can't, you know, you can't deny it. You know, you, you're fighting for your place, and you know, it kind of it could kind of bring the best out of you. I think. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, it's it's a very good to me. It's a really good. Uh, how can I say this? It's a good. Um, it's a good reference to see where you're at. You know what I mean? Like. I was actually talking to uh, Ryan Drexler. I don't know if he is. He's one of the C- he's the CEO, basically the owner of Muscle Farm. And uh, when I train at Muscle Farm, there's all the kids in there are like in their early to mid twenties. You know what I mean? And I'm 36. So when I go in the train of these kids, like a lot of times I wear these kids out. You know what I mean? And, and I have, I'm super strong still for my age. Like my body, like he's teasing me because he's like, "How old are you, Vince?" And I'm like, "I'm 36." He's like, "Fuck, man." He's like, "I don't know what you put in your Cheerios or you got good jeans or what." He's like, "But." He's like, you're probably going to be fighting for a whole lot longer than, than, you know what I mean, you are right now. And I was like, well, I don't know if I really want to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to, like, I'm the kind of guy that I would love to stay fighting forever, but I don't want to be the guy that turns into, like, Anderson Silva who, like, or BJ Penn who doesn't know when to let go, you know what I mean? So that's one thing that I'm afraid of is I don't, I don't want to be that guy that doesn't know when to let go. Um, and I don't really feel like that's going to be the thing with me, but I feel great and and – my mentality is super good. Like, like if, if you ask anyone about me, like I got a mentality of like a 25 year old, you know what I mean? Like I'm super young at heart. I'm always having a good time laughing. You know what I mean? I'm always just super happy. Go lucky with my friends and family and even people that don't mean, you know what I mean? I'm always just having a good time. I always a smile on my face. Um, but you know what I mean? I think, I think that's just it, man. Like it's all about perspectives and, and my perspective is this is my thing. It's what I love to do and I'm still enjoying and having fun. So I'm going to keep at it, man. I'm not going to stop. And if some young lion wants to come try to take my shit, I mean, he better pack the fucking lunch because it ain't going to be no easy job. All right, man. One last thing before I let you go. You mentioned that you turn up the the music when you're driving. What kind of music are you <laughs> listening to on your rides? Uh, all kinds of music, man. I love, uh, I love like, old school, like, 90s rap. I love some new hip-hop and stuff, too. But I'm more like the old school, like... Dr. Dre, like some Onyx, you know what I mean? Two Life Crew, like House of Pain, like all that shit. Like that's all my jam. That's that rap is all my jams, you know. Fuji's, um, you know. I love Eminem, you know. I love rap. My main thing is like metal uh, and punk, you know. And punk and metal is is a super, super influential music for me because when I was growing up, I didn't really know music besides oldies. So my mom listened to classic rock and oldies from like you know, 60s, 70s, and, and so on. So that kind of music I really love, too. Like, I love the, uh, the Beatles, you know. I love uh, Styx, uh, Journey, uh, the e- uh, I said the Eagles, Rolling Stones, like uh, Kiss. Like, all that music is, like, good for me. Like, you know what I mean? I love the rock, classic rock. But I love punk. I love metal. But my favorite kind of music would probably have to be, like, the hard, fast, fuck you up music, man. Like, the kind of shit that gets your blood flowing is my kind of music. And maybe that contributes to my road rage a little bit, but... It's the music I like to listen to, so it's the music that I listen to. But uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm a I, I I just love music. You know what I mean? Music is a big influence for me. It totally will dictate my mood and my mentality at the time. Um, you know, I'm always just singing in the car to myself, too, screaming my head off. You know, weirding people out around me. So, you know, I, I try to I just have a good time with it. You know what I mean? I just I'm an experienced person, so I just love to just love to let the experiences 
you know, take me where they take me, man. I just let the wind let let, let the wind push the leaves where they go, so to speak. Yeah, it is. It is kind of crazy how what your parents listened to when you were a young kid influences you, and you end up liking that music, even though oh, you might totally. not like it when you were young, right? Yeah, totally. And <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even actually even know about music or like any kind of music besides like uh, classic rock and oldies until I was. Geez, I want to say like sixth grade until I moved out here in Simi Valley after that uh, the earthquake in '94, because that's all the music we were listening to. You know what I mean? Like I grew up, we grew up super poor. Excuse me. I grew up with my mom and and I had uh, four other siblings. I had a younger brother, younger sister, and then two older sisters. So we were like, and it was just my mom and uh, we grew up like kind of like my mom took care of us. You know what I mean? And she did what she had to do, but we weren't we didn't really have everything. You know what I mean? We didn't really have much, but what we did have. You know, were were things that that I enjoyed, and and uh, I didn't, definitely didn't take it for granted. So once like uh, once we moved out here, and I started making friends, that's when I started like becoming friends, and you know, having friends and stuff. Because when I was younger, I used to get picked on too. Honestly, I was small. I got picked on a lot, and uh, I started. I think remember the first song I knew, besides like classic oldies and stuff, was uh, Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys was the first band I was I ever started listening to, and. The first song, I believe, was like Brass Monkey. And I remember uh, when I went to uh, Sycamore Elementary out here and see me, uh, I had some friends um, that I still honestly talk to from time to time. Uh, what was it? What was the name? Uh, I think it was like Josh Siegel and like John Hardy, my buddy Jer Weiler, who I still talk to. They were all like singing this song. We were playing dodgeball, and these guys were like just singing this song. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys singing? Like, what is that? Like, it sounds, like, kind of cool, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, man, it's Beastie Boys. And then one of them gave me the CD, and I was like, I don't have a fucking CD player. Oh, no, they gave me a tape. They gave me a tape. There wasn't even CDs then. They gave me a tape. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't, have a, I don't have a tape player besides in the car. So we got in the car, and I stuck it in. My mom's like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And, like, took it out and chucked it out the fucking window. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, mom, that was my only music. That was, like, the only tape I ever had. You know what I mean? Like, other than that, what we had to do was I had to go to my mom's stereo at the house and put a tape in there and then wait for songs to come on the radio and then record the song. You know what I mean? But it wasn't like, it wasn't the same kind of music. It was like oldies. Like the songs I had on there were like pretty woman and sympathy for the devil and like painted black, you know, music like that. So like those were like my mixtapes back in the day. And I honestly think my mom probably still has some of that shit, you know, that she's been hoarding for, I don't know what, what reason, you know what I mean? She's that kind of person. She's got some sentimentality to her, um, which I feel like we all do. But, uh, yeah, man, it was just that. It was it was kind of cool. And then CDs came around, and, you know, once CDs came around and music was a little more accessible, I got myself, uh, I got my hands on, like, a like a little uh, portable disc, man. And uh, my friends, I would just borrow CDs from my friends, and I would, uh, I'd play the CD, and I would try to, I would have the, I remember I rigged it, like, I was, I was a very, like, I was one of those kids that I would take things apart and put it back together just so I could figure out how it worked. Like that, that's how like my mind always worked. Like whether it was like my Nintendo or you know what I mean a stereo or any, anything that I could take apart, I would take it apart and try to figure out how it worked and look how the mechanisms work so I could understand it. And I put it back together. So I eventually figured out that I could plug my CD player into my mom's stereo and I could record songs off the CD onto tapes. So then I started making my own actual mixtapes like that. And then you know what I mean. I started doing that and I would listen to that at home and you know that's how my evolution of music started like kind of coming to me and you know now I just now everything's all digital and yeah. you, you know I mean, there's no C's or tapes now like <laughs> my car doesn't have a CD player so it's like 
now I got Spotify and I can listen whenever I want. So like music's just crazy now, but it's just amazing the way, the way things are and, and how things turned out. But all these little things, just influences in my life. You know what I mean? That kind of, that kind of dictated me and, and put me where I am today, but it's pretty cool. It's kind of funny thinking back at thinking back on this kind of stuff. Yeah, man, it makes you who you are. And, and the kids nowadays, even probably kids that you train with, they have no idea of sitting in front uh. of the radio waiting to record songs yeah. onto the no tape. Clue. You know, they don't know about that. They don't know about uh, the, the, the old oh, ways. Hell no. That's like ancient history for them. So yep. it's funny. Shit. We, used, like, we used to have a black and white TV when I was growing up. Like, we didn't have a color <laughs> TV. I didn't have cable or color TV until I was, geez, I think I think I was like 15 when mom got her first color TV. Like, we had a little 19-inch black and white TV. You know what I mean? That was like what we watched TV on. And so, like, that's that's just how it was for us, you know what I mean? Like that's how my life was. So it is kind of cool and it's kind of funny, but I laugh now because my sisters all have kids, you know what I mean? And I'm like, you you kids don't know shit. You'll never know what it's like <laughs> to have your phone ring. You don't know who the fuck it is until you answer it, you know what I mean? Like or not be able to call someone back or like have to remember phone numbers because that's all you really like you have to remember phone numbers. There's no there's no digital copies of anything back then, you know? I mean, there was even computers when I was like learning that kind of stuff. So I mean, that was pre-star 69 and all that yeah, shit too Star so you know what i mean like <laughs> like we still had like rotary phones at, at for a while damn yeah. man like it makes you feel old and shit but yeah. like i'm glad that i got to see like the world what it was then and how it is now you know what i mean yeah it's man i think cool. we yeah we the generation because me i'm i'm 40 years old i'll be four years old this year and i think we are part of that like that you know that tweener generation where we experienced both sides of this world yeah you know, the change the 2000 you know when the you know yep. the, the millennia millennium happened and everything so man it's crazy and it's always and it's fun talking about it sometimes you know and i know that it yeah. seems like you, you had a good time too you know i think it's always been a good time back then um yeah but man um i'm excited for you to uh make your return man on uh it's gonna be june 29th ufc on espn3 yep uh yeah it's gonna be cool that you will be able to fight on espn now and uh yeah i'm super stoked for that i'm super yeah, stoked man, and i'm, I'm excited to see insane. how it goes minneapolis say, uh, have you been to minneapolis yeah, no i haven't so i'm kind of looking forward to it uh i'm gonna go out there like i mean i'm not gonna really stay out there too long i'm just gonna go out there for the week before um but i am staying like a day or two afterwards so i can because i know they have the mall of america out there which i want to go see and uh I had a buddy, Mike Richmond, who used to live out there, so I was kind of going to hang out with him, but he ended up moving, so that kind of got uh, shut down. But I'm just going to go out there and hang out, you know, afterwards, do my thing, spend some of that 50K bonus I get out of this kid, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Vince, man. That's, that's it was my fun, plan. You know, it was fun chatting with you, man, and uh, uh, hopefully we'll do this many more times in the future. Oh, yeah, man, of course. I'd love to. Thanks for having me on here. Uh, what's up? My name is Vince from Help Michelle. Um just want to give a shout out to all my sponsors. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Turp House, uh, Rev Gear. Um, I want to give a shout out to Alana's Egg Whites or Alana's Egg Whites, not just Alana. Um, Mr. Smoke Buddy, um, all my coaches, you know what I mean? All, all my training partners, everyone that's helped me. Uh, all the guys at Muscle Farm that are helping me, hooking me up. Um, you know, all my social medias are the same. You know, follow me on my social medias. Uh, they're all from Help a Shell, uh, whether it's Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, also, I have a Twitch account and a Mixer account. So follow me on all those accounts from Help a Shell. Um, I try to be pretty active on it. 
um, whether even if I'm not posting or not, I'm, I'm usually pretty active on them. So go ahead and give me a foul on those bad boys. 